everybody. Welcome to episode 134 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I am one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I am another host, Paul Robinson. That's who I am. Yeah, that's who I am. Today, I'm excited. I'm very excited today because we have a guest on, Uh and um, I'm going to allow the guest to introduce themselves. I'm going to allow that. Okay, Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Brittany Lee Hamilton, and I'm the creator of the short film, Hashtag Princess Problems. Nice. Nice. So we we met you. We've actually actually met you physically. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. True story. M- some of our guests we've obviously never with seen. masks on. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, with masks. So I met the top half of your face. Yeah. Uh, yes. In it, at the at the uh, Mystic Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And um, I. <laughs> When your film was announced, you had the most adorable reaction to it. And I was like, we have to have this woman on the show. I was immediately like looking up your stuff on the way home because I was like, it was the most sincere reaction. You were just so chuffed with it. And I was like, well, it was interesting because we we were in town for the festival. There was one festival that was hybrid or in person. And we were like, we're going. Mm -hmm. We'll quarantine after. And I knew there was the award show. So I'm like, we got to go. We'll go to dinner first and then we'll go. So we were a little keyed up uh, (laughs) after dinner and we're there sitting there so excited. And then I'm realizing, oh my God, all these people know if they won. They were contacted. I'm like, I didn't get an email. Holy shit. We didn't win anything. This is embarrassing. And really, we were there to see the, the screenwriter from Jaws, who wasn't there at all. Yeah. So so we're sitting there like, oh, my God, this sucks. This sucks. Oh, boy, where we drink it after. And then yeah. they call my name for audience choice. So I was legitimately surprised. Oh, that's interesting. That And tipsy. It's weird that they didn't contact you for that. Yeah. No, not at all. She knew we were coming. Oh, okay. I had emailed her, and I'm like, "Hey, see you tonight. So yeah, excited, yeah. you know." That may yeah. have been why <laughs> we we got the email like only a couple days before, I think, right, or two days before, yeah, or something, something like, like that. Because right away we were like, "What do we do? Do we go? Do we not go?" Because we are right. like two and a half hours from there, so it was like we would oh, literally yeah. be driving there. Right. Just for that, and then driving, turning around, and driving back home. So we we're like, "What do we, you know?" And then there was the whole COVID thing. Like, people gonna be smashed together? Is it a lot of people? Like, what's going? Right, so we had right. emailed, and we we're like, "What's the protocol here?" And she's like, "Well, there's gonna be distancing." And so we we're like, "Okay, you know, 2020 was such a shit show for our film." So we were like, "Let's go to one thing <laughs> because yeah. we got the notice. Like, let's just go." And uh, yeah. So that's 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 funny that you didn't know because you were so excited and I was like she's adorable and I mean so even because when they contact you by the way they didn't tell you what you want like we had no idea oh they just said you want something yeah oh, they just said you're like you're you're in the running for winning something and we we're like what is it and so I swore uh, it was gonna be like I don't know cinematography or something that like he did yeah. you know I was like they're not it's yeah. not gonna I'm not gonna win for screenwriting so I was like you know but. Obviously, I was like, that's Typical cool. self-deprecating thoughts of yours. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, we'll go. You, you know, so that's like when they said they, my name, I was also like, what? <laughs> like, I looked at him and he's like, go up there. I was mm-hmm. like, what? You know, are you sure? I think you messed that up. I'm pretty sure you messed that up. Um, oh, and then I was great. the first one to go up to speak. So then I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Because it's like, how much time are we supposed to have? Are we supposed well, to be funny? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, what's the standard for the speeches? Because they're different at every yes. festival. Yeah. You know, how serious are we going to be here? Yeah, I was trying not to cry. I mean, I was <laughs> full on surprised. Did not expect it. Because I had put in my head like, oh, shit, this sucks. We did it. <laughs> so, <laughs> legitimate. Yeah. yeah That's awesome. So you, yeah. um, you're like a, a jack of all trades. Yeah, I was going to say. Which uh, is... Very cool. Yeah. Once we start started down the rabbit hole of you, um, we're like, wow, this is a really impressive person. So now we're doubly excited oh. to have you on to chat about your your journey and all the things you do. That is incredibly kind uh, and giving me way too much credit. But thank you. <laughs> I was, I mean, I was an actor. I've been an actor for 15 years. Um, and a acting teacher told me, you know, make your own work. Every actor gets frustrated. You're not getting the parts you want. You're not getting mm-hmm. the auditions. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it. And I sat down to write something 
um, looked at it for three months because I was nobody. I shouldn't give this to anybody. This is so embarrassing. And then finally had the, you know, the gall to do it. Um, and then literally taught myself everything else, how to produce, how to, how, how to do anything. I mm-hmm. figured out premier pro. I figured out this, I figured out this. It's just, you know, it's just kind of what I wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I have you to do that for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yeah. yeah. I, I had, as an actor, you don't, unless you do it, you don't know what's happening on the other side of the camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going on there unless you really do the research or force yourself to do it yourself. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how my journey started. I started out wanting to be an actor and, um, you know, just started making my own films to be in them and then kind of started to fall in love with the, uh, the other side of the camera and, and crafting a story from that perspective. Yeah, try to get him in yeah. front of a camera now impossible i'm always like i'm gonna write you a small part i don't, well, want, I don't want to do that the I don't thing want to do is <laughs> I, I i i lived in la for well the san fernando valley not really la but i lived there for like three years chasing the acting dream i was doing yeah. like extra work and all this stuff and one of the things that i learned about myself as an actor is i'm just too inside my head you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking through the scene constantly i'm never like i can you know i've had some some I can train that out of you. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that that is so useful on my side of the camera. You know, being able to um, talk to actors about, you know, what the vision, what the overall vision is, because um, I think as a director, it's so important to to be in the shoes of all the people that you are directing. You yeah. know, and that that's not just actors. We're talking about like you know sound and and all that stuff. And I think it's it's so important. Um, because you're you're steering this huge ship of of all these people. I mean, not us, but you know, most yeah. directors. And uh, <laughs> we have five people. Yeah, it's so it's so it's just so important to be able to communicate with them and to kind of know what it is they need to be successful for you. Yeah. You know, essentially. Yeah, and and I feel like knowing, really diving in and figuring out what everybody does. Like, what the hell does a gaffer do? Right. Figuring right. out what they all do. I felt like I appreciated them so much more. Mm-hmm. And now when I see other actors not appreciating or being divas on set or something mm-hmm. right away, I'm like, no, listen, listen, you don't know what they're going through. You know? yeah. <laughs> I think that's really important for any actor to do. Yeah. But and on the other side of the coin as well, it's always important for a director to know how to act. Mm-hmm. Would at right. least take some classes to understand what the actor's going through. So yeah. so it's, it's a give and take um, that... I'm really happy I forced myself to jump into. Yeah. And you've sure. you've done I mean you've done a lot I mean your resume is is quite extensive and you've done a lot of work. You've been on the Nick uh um Boardwalk Empire I believe. You know, you've mm-hmm. done a lot of stuff and um what, what are you original now you're in I believe you're based in Jersey? Yeah, right next to New York. Are you so originally from New York? Based. Uh, originally from South Jersey. Okay. <laughs> so I, I grew up down by Philadelphia. Okay. And then I came up to New York for college, ended up going to college a little bit in Connecticut as well, and mm. then moved back to the city. Um, and now New York, Jersey. But I started in theater. That's, yeah. you know, musical theater was my baby. Um, so that's that's where I started. But then the beautiful thing about New York is they had the tax incentives, which meant all of this amazing TV started coming to New York. It wasn't just Law and Order. Mm-hmm. Right, so yeah. <laughs> Boardwalk Empire is here, and all of a sudden people are like freaking out because there's TV available to us now. We don't have to go to L.A. for pilot season. Right. So um, I, my agent started sending me in for it, and Boardwalk Empire is the first on-camera thing I ever booked oh, for wow. headlines. Um, it was my first TV gig. So... It was such an intense And you weren't like an extra in that. You had dialogue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I it, yeah, it was it was a decent scene with um with Michael Pitt and Jack Houston. Mm-hmm. We were I spent the whole day. We went in the golden time, like I learned what that was. Uh-huh. It was like a, the first experience on set was like a fantastic one. That's um, good. And I fell in love with it right there. I'd never done anything like that. And right there I to me there was something about on camera acting that allowed you to be real um, that you don't really get in theater as much. In theater, yeah. you have to play to the back of the house. Everything has to be slightly exaggerated, mm-hmm. as real as you can make it, but right. make sure they see you back there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, to have to bring everything down and to really be real, it just felt like 
the bones of acting. Yeah, you know, know? it's interesting you say that because I've had a lot of um, theater actor friends say, you should do theater. And I'm like, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I and I appreciate theater, Mm -hmm. but I would not do well in theater. Um, Mm -hmm. I it's it's like it's more of like this boisterous side of acting. And I like the intimacy um, and the first thing that my when I when one of my acting coaches had said was, I can't hear you in the back of the room mm-hmm. because he's used to doing theater. And I was like, you don't need to. There's a boom mic here. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. You don't need to hear me. Right. But that's when I started to learn about having to play. You know, he would give us a scene and I had to I saw the the vast difference in how I had to play this character because he would sit all the way in the last row and say, I need to hear this. And I was like, I don't like this. I, I mean, I yeah. like being in the audience, but I don't like it being on the stage. It's very different. People don't understand that. A lot of people just assume because you act that it's the same as being on stage. And those are two very different worlds. Very different and very different muscles. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but I, the more TV I did, I found my acting in general, even for a theater became so much better, Um, which usually it's the other people say it's the other way Yeah, I've heard Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think also because of the nature of the theater industry, the way it was morphing because movie musicals were making a comeback, which means a subtle way of performing a song, um, was all of a sudden accepted and wanted to be, was more attainable. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, especially like Les Mis coming out, you know, that movie parts, yikes, yikes, but you know, other parts, <laughs> other parts were really kind of beautiful. And, and there was a shift happening in theater at the same time, which I could translate what I was learning on set to that. So I ended up booking more theater, go figure. Um, and I think it really had to do with the great TV I was, I was able to do. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned Les Mis. I'm going to take a moment here because <laughs> the oh boy, one thing <laughs> that, well, I mean, he's not, he's not into musicals and stuff. So when mm-hmm. we went to the theater, I wasn't sure how he would react to it. Um, and so. Well, I love plays, love plays. Yeah, but that's the same as musical. <laughs> but the, yeah, some, for some reason, the, the musical Although you aspect went to, of You it went is, to Evil Dead, the musical, and you liked that, so. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, but that's, <laughs> that's kind of like a niche thing or whatever. But I, I you know, uh, when I was in L.A., like I just loved being in plays. I loved watching plays. Yeah. Um, I love going to plays. But for some reason, once the musical aspects hits, I'm just kind of like I get disconnected from it. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I don't know. I mean, and, and it's it so is, performative it's versus jump, being like, yeah. yeah, it's a jump from reality that you are expected to just accept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's um, singing now. What's happening? Yeah, why is everyone singing? Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's but that's what I like about the shift that is happening in musical theater is yeah. it's, it's forcing people to, to make it a little more believable. Right. So you do lose yourself a little more. Yeah. But like, uh, I loved nice. stomp. I loved Hamilton. So, but those are Hamilton's more, you're, you're going in knowing about that. Yeah. That the, and uh, the one with Zach Braff. Bullets over Broadway. Bullets over Broadway. Oh, yeah. Bullets really over Broadway yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, so we, we were watching the movie, you know, and I was, and yeah. I thought like, I don't know how this is going to translate. And the one thing that, kind of annoyed me for the for the musical theater crowd and for for theater actors mm-hmm. was that they they didn't pick necessarily pick actors that were singers and i thought why yeah what, like what so was you, i mean like anne hathaway right. held her own but because of her acting right mm-hmm. i felt like her because she she pulled that scene off so so emotionally and she and she was so raw in it it worked but as far as the singing went, it was like, yeah. okay. And then. Right. Russell um, Crowe. God. Just, just <laughs> yep. Every time Russell Crowe <laughs> opened his mouth and even. Um, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. I was like, <laughs> so how did this get? I don't understand. Like, I, I like know. Hugh Jackman, but don't sing. What are and we he doing? Actually, he actually, he started in theater. You see him. There's a video of him doing Oklahoma. I don't know if it was in Australia or London, um, but he played Curly, the lead, and he's wonderful. He's got a great voice, but that was a really high score for him. Yes. And Forbidden Broadway, do you know what Forbidden Broadway is? Mm-mm. So they are, uh, they're an off-Broadway show that 
would constantly run in the city and they would it's all parodies of the current Broadway shows making fun of everybody okay and at the same time that came out uh, one of my best friends was in the current Forbidden Broadway production and they did a whole Les Mis spoof oh, and geez. the guy who played who was playing Hugh Jackman the song that he sang because Bring Him Home is the big song mm-hmm. in Les Mis that, that Jean Valjean sings um, and instead of God on high it was God it's high <laughs> the whole thing was way too high for him poor Hugh Jackman yeah that, um, that, but his that acting was, was like really beautiful in, in a lot of the moments which any of the Valjeans on Broadway can't pull off yeah you know it's just it's just eight shows a week you just can't be able to have the snot coming out of your nose crying doing that yes um while singing that score um so the only person who I've ever seen be able to do it was um Ben Platt in in Dear Evan Hansen he figured out a way to pull that off well that's going to be a movie now too so it's like uh, it's like a, a renaissance for musical theater yeah. in a way, thanks to these movie musicals. Um, yeah, I've always wondered yeah, how stage actors did that. Like, how do you give a thousand percent on the forty seventh show? Like, you must be like, all right, that's enough of that. <laughs> like, yeah. It's got to be so controlled. Everything is so every every place you breathe, every every place you feel an emotion, everything is very controlled to be able to do it over and over again. Um, And so the training to make that feel organic in any way um, is really extensive and difficult. So that's why you get a lot of hokey performances because, of course, you know, it's it's really difficult work. Um, So it, but... All in all, I, I really do credit the movie musical boom and the shift that's happening on Broadway now for the better, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think it's like I would never. The exception have... of Cats. We're not going to talk about that. Oh, yeah. oh I... <laughs> Lord almighty. Why? Why? I, I saw memes that was like, you realize the last movie that was really out before COVID hit was Cats. Oh, God. Like that, it's like that set off this paradox. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it was that bad. I never even thought but of I think that. It That's horrific. Up, it opens mm-hmm. up the audience some more. I, you know, even like Hamilton, I never would have thought to like mm-hmm. go see Hamilton. I never would have, you know. But now yeah. it's hey, it's streaming for free yeah, or whatever, we and we watched it. it, and we I love I love that. I loved it. Like we, yeah. did, I, Jonathan know, Groff is my hero. You know what it is? Yeah, it's like so when like when a film comes out and they just drive it and they drive it and you're like enough, I get it. And so that's how Hamilton was. Everyone was like, it's the best thing that's ever been made. I'm like, all right, fine, fine, whatever. And mm-hmm. kind of just got turned off by. It. And then obviously COVID hit. They put it on Disney. Yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna just watch it because they've been here. And it, I just literally sat there the whole time, like, oh no, I should have seen this live. Yeah. And I'm yeah. so angry. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy because this is great. But then this is so something that you needed to see in person. And that you must have been to amazing it. to see that in person. And it's right. already ruined because I've seen it. <laughs> so it'll never be yeah. the same. And I was like, oh. And then, you know, my obsession with Lin-Manuel started. And I was like, I love him. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Oh, my God. To, it's insane. To yeah. write all of that mm-hmm. and memorize all of that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I th- there's I think we have to check his blood type. There's something going on there. There's just like <laughs> yeah. I don't understand one, how someone does this. One one of my favorite memes that's cir- been circulated since Hamilton came out was basically you have the same amount of time in a day as Lynn Manuel Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> Get your shit done. Yeah. Do what you got to do because Lynn Manuel Miranda is doing way more than anybody is allowed to. It's unreal. That's um, hilarious. I loved I mean cuz we never saw it either and we live right next to New York we couldn't get tickets yeah it was well that was the thing when everyone's like you had to see it I'm like well yeah not $350 a pop like there's two of us can't afford that right but of course I had it I mean I know the soundtrack inside and out I couldn't stop listening to it so when we saw it on Disney plus we were like oh my god that's how they did that no way they did that oh I've been waiting to see whoa I didn't even know that scene existed you know it was so eye-opening to see those performances live there were not there weren't weren't any bootlegs online. Like yeah. usually there's like somebody's really bad cell phone video. Yeah. Say it. They had a team that was taking all that down. So to be able to see it, I was like, oh my God, I would love to see it live now. But I'm really glad 
they have that documented because yes. you're not going to get that performance unless you're in the first row or second row. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see what Leslie Odom Jr. really does, right? You know, during Wait for It, mm-hmm. yeah, which is so beautiful. But you I know? also I, I wondered like if you know I would love for them to do what they did with Hamilton more and kind mm-hmm. of open that space up. But then does that hurt the industry? You know, the same with theaters, well, and if movies start streaming, less people go to the theaters. Will that the same thing happen to to those theaters? You I know? Can, you know, I can deal with not going to the movies for every little thing. Like we don't, we used to do that for every movie we wanted to see, and honestly, like we've just waited because now, you know, it used to be that a film came out and you had to wait six months before you could watch it right. at home, and now it's like, all right, wait three weeks, <laughs> yeah. the yeah. movie's out, and so. More so because of the experience, because, you know, you've got people talking during movies and it just started to get so annoying. And I was like, I can't even focus on this film. But it's they're very strict with that. Most theaters are very strict with that. Uh, And well, there was just a whole lot of issues that happened within the Actors Equity Union versus SAG Mm -hmm. because um, with COVID, there's no theaters. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Movies are and TV are, are, are have started starting up again mm-hmm. um they figured out a way to make it happen but theaters there's just yeah how do there's you nothing do so they were streaming or they were doing zoom performances or things like that and equity wanted the jurisdiction over anything filmed and it's always been the minute a camera comes into play mm-hmm. it's sag mm-hmm. um there's many workshops i've done theater workshops where they wanted to film it for advertising or something like that. And I had a separate day SAG contract for when they filmed it. So there was a whole battle going on with that because a lot of Broadway shows like the musical Diana is going to be streamed. They videoed it. It never really opened. Um, I think they were starting the out of town tryout or something of that nature, but they filmed it. So I think we're going to see more and more of it because we have to because things like this happen in the industry and theater never really found a way to move into the new century. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, it's always been, it's live performance. It's been like this since the Greeks, you know, it's, 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 there's nothing to substitute it and there's not, right? Mm-hmm. you know, um, but they had to force themselves because of this to figure it out very quickly. And you know what I would, that's the thing is that if I want to see a film, and I would, and the cost that, it, that 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 you incur going to the, the theater. If they had put Evan Hansen, for instance, mm-hmm. on streaming and said, "Hey, it's twenty dollars," that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll pay for that because right. now I get to I get the front row view. I would have never gotten that. I would have been way back in the nosebleeds mm-hmm. because I couldn't afford these 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 tickets. You know, so yeah. I think I I understand. Like, yes, it 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 can sort of hurt the business in a way, and it's not the same experience. But it's like, look, these actors still have to work. They've mm-hmm. memorized all of this dialogue. They've put all the work in and they have nowhere to go with it. Yeah. So, you know, have have, have a charge. And, and right. if people want to watch it, then they can. And then, you know, I mean, it's the same as we do it with film. I mean, what's the yeah. difference? Like, if yeah. you can charge $20 to rent a movie, then charge $20 to watch the play. Right, right. Um, I, it's, it is so difficult because you want to make sure people do go to the theater after they watch it. So people who saw Hamilton and can watch it over and over again on Disney plus, um, are they, when it tours, you know, comes to their town, are they going to pay $150 to $250 to get a ticket? I think people are going to be so excited to get the hell out of their houses (laughs) that they will. Yeah. Yeah. They will. Yeah. And, and there will be guest artists that come in. Maybe they'll, change up one scene to see something. You know, I I, I think they're going to have to be innovative to keep people coming out. Yes. But because people are going to forget that feeling of sitting in a theater. Mm -hmm. The same reason with Warner Brothers, like releasing all of their content Mm -hmm. on HBO Max is it's, I miss going to the movies so much. There is something different about sitting there with that big screen and the surround sound and what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And and it's going to take people to get up and get out and do it for them to go, I love Hamilton so much, I want to go see it in person too. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I I think there there was hesitation of streaming it and and then losing that that side of it, but 
it, I, I think this has proved how much we need to get out of our houses, yeah. how much yeah. we can be in our houses if we need to, but how much we really need to get out and we appreciate being in a space, a live audience space so much. Yeah. And like yeah. I said, the first thing I thought when I started watching it was crap, I would want to see this live. So it's not like mm -hmm. I thought like, oh, great, I don't have to go to the theater. In right. fact, I was sad that I didn't get to see it in a theater. So I really think right. people will embrace it again. Everybody just Absolutely. wants to go back to normal. So, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. yeah, but, but in the meantime, you have to adapt. We, mm -hmm. on several episodes, have kind of, um, I don't know, just dug a little bit into into Nolan and his type of attitude with film where it's mm -hmm. it must be released in the theater and it we have you know and it's like look dude there's a pandemic you know there's bigger fish to fry you have millions of dollars you'll be fine you know yeah. like you'll make more you'll movies, bounce yeah. back when everybody's back you'll make you know a, a beautifully filmed movie that nobody will really quite understand but will still appreciate right just move on like the yeah. people still need to uh, you know, you're, it's not the just purest, you. The purest, elitist attitude. Yeah, though. it is. But, you know, it's also yeah. you've got people that you've got crew members and, 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 and the cast that that have smaller roles that it's like, hey, I want people to be able to see my work. It's yeah. it's yeah. six months past when it was supposed to like just release the damn thing already. Right. Exactly. You know, you have to learn how to adapt. Nobody said that it was ideal. This isn't an right. ideal situation for anybody. And so, nope. you know, I'm. it's kind of hard to, to have any compassion there when it's like, look, it. You got right. a $50 million budget for a film, boohoo, okay? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. We dropped exactly. six grand into our movie, which was all we've had, and we yeah. didn't get to play it anywhere, really. I mean, you know, yeah. it went to online fest, and that's a bummer, but I'm not going to hold on to this film for the next two years. We just put right. it out, you know? We just put it on YouTube, we're like, fine, here, because our actors worked hard, and yeah. They want to be able to see it and show, you know, their friends and family. So it's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a brat about right. it, but. Yeah. Um, and that's why I was so dead set on going to Mystic. Mm -hmm. um, Cause our premiere for Princess Problems was March 14th. In oh. LA. That was our <laughs> world premiere. So I'm sitting there and the first time seeing my film on screen and there's no one in the theater, but uh, me, my friend Keela from LA. No are you there. serious? Like oh. son of a bitch. Oh my God. And I flew out. I was so excited. I had, we were leaving or it, it was just me. My, my husband couldn't go. So, and my team uh, d didn't go because, because of COVID. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm going. It's fine. I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> so I get there and I'm there all weekend. And then my flight home was Monday night at 10 o'clock. Cause I'm like, I'm going to have meetings and it's going to be a great day. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to walk out with a Netflix contract, you know? So <laughs> no, I did have an audition set up, canceled. And then I drove around LA with no restaurant to go to because everything shut uh, down yeah. in the rain by myself until 10 PM. So it was like a uh. beautiful, sad, realistic introduction into filmmaking. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you beat us. Jeez. But I mean, that's, and, and then, but to your point, like it's been virtual ever since there's been a couple splattered like mystic who were hybrid or yeah. trying to be in person and anyone that there was, I went to, yeah. except for like one that I, that I couldn't get to. So, you know, it's, it's, it sucks, but what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah, Everyone's in the same boat. Yeah. Adapt and survive. Get on the damn zoom meetings and talk to people. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, there's no other option. So now you also do, you do acting classes, voice lessons, and so you, you do a lot. So your company, because we haven't mentioned the name of it, what is the name of it? Uh, B. Lee Productions. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, no, I, in the middle of a pandemic, I, I, well, I was, my day job was working for the princess company where the idea came for my film. Mm -hmm. I was a princess for nine years, and mm -hmm. then I became a, a creative director of the company. So I was developing the programs and I also started the performing arts program. There. Okay. So explain so for people like, who may not know what that means. Cause someone's like, oh. she was a princess. I know what you mean, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, she thinks so highly I, of herself. Well, Jeez. somebody, yeah. somebody's conceited. <laughs> very highly of myself. Um, no, I was on the weekends. I was a birthday party entertainer mm -hmm. for, for children's parties, okay. uh, in New Jersey. Uh, and from that, I took my experiences of being a birthday party, of being a princess for these four-year-olds' birthdays, um, and created a show out, out of it um, and what those experiences were like. And that company in New Jersey, um, I mean, they were so good to me, and it was years and years, and I developed a performing arts 
program there as well where I was teaching voice lessons during the week. So I wasn't just relying on the princess stuff on the weekends. All the kids in my film are my students. Oh, okay. From the student. Mm-hmm. So um, just cut to COVID, uh, I was doing virtual lessons, which was great because the kids wanted a sense of normalcy. But then there was a chance that she might have to close her doors as far as the building, mm-hmm. which is where I did my lessons. I'm like, kids aren't going to want to be virtual forever. I can't do right. this. Yeah. Um, so I left and opened my own studio in the middle of a pandemic. Mm. Uh, so that's where I am right now. Um, but it's it's been kind of great because I have my lessons, um, which I figured out a way to try and do safely. I had one round of classes where everybody's masked the whole time and we're socially distanced. I marked up the floor. Um, I'm not doing classes again right now, group classes, just for safety. Yeah. Um, but through the studio now, eventually I'll do live performances or screenings. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm doing real development for actors who like theater actors who need a reel, who haven't been able to do TV shows, you know, um, self tapes because everything's a self tape now. Right. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to do more creative work as much as possible here, um, and it's it's going pretty well. I at least have somewhere to go every day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's important. Really I get to go into my office every day. So that's nice. <sighs> Which is. Uh, <laughs> Go from the living room to Five the office. Five feet from the couch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which is what I was doing too. It's like my office is in the basement of our house. Um, so like, you know, I'd say goodbye to my husband in the morning with my coffee and then I'd meet him maybe in the common area, the kitchen, <laughs> you know, for call, for lunch. And then I didn't see him again till dinner because it was just lessons all day. Now, is so he now, also in, in film or? No, my oh, husband, okay. he's, a, he's an organizer for the teachers union in New Jersey. Okay. He was he was a music teacher by trade for for like fifteen years, and then started working for the teachers union. So, he's fully virtual still, and no, will I, be for I, a while. I always find it fascinating when people like we we obviously are you know we're both in this together, and so because it takes up so much of our time in life, mm-hmm. and I always find it fascinating that couples that can make it work when they're because this what you do is just so consuming. Mm-hmm. You know, and yep. to, and and it's just to make that work to me. I don't like. I don't know how how I how I would be able to be with someone that doesn't also do it or understand where I'm coming from with that. Yeah. It's sort of like a really kind of tough balance. Yeah, I I have to say because he was a music teacher. I was going to say he's he in music. At college, yeah, so. he got it. Mm-hmm. So he would come to like readings of shows I was doing, or some of, or shows, or you know we'd watch TV, or we'd go out to dinner with my friends who I was in the TV show with, you know, and he could talk to them. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. he 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 knew how to how to what to talk about and right. how to talk about it and the ins and outs um, because he did have experience with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, what's lovely is he's, you know, the stable one, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, really nice. Um, yeah. But he he gets it. And, and having my studio here and having a space has been um, great because he's helped a whole lot um, in setting it up and the business end of it and, and things like that that I had to learn, too. Yeah. So, yeah. so we, we figured out a way helps. to make it work. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think that when you have someone that's at least in the arts, they get it. And so there, you can kind of mesh together, but I, I would, I would be really curious to see how someone who does what we do, that's married, married to like, to like a something. banker, you yeah. know, like how yeah. that oh, an accountant would be, yeah. would be nice, but <laughs> <laughs> entertainment lawyer. Okay. The yeah, same, yeah. same thing, but yeah. Uh, you know, just someone who's like uh complete opposite, Yeah, the complete opposite, yeah. someone who's in sales, you know, that's like, yeah. Well, that's performative. Uh, you're <laughs> <laughs> Depends, though. Yeah. If you're yeah. any good. I mean, I should say some of my best performances were working for Restoration Hardware, pretending to like the people that I was helping. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one. But, you know, just like it's a completely yeah, yeah. unrelated job that you can easily see this person being like, what are you buying again? Yeah. Right. Like, what? Right. what how much does this lens cost? You know, because even though I'm in it with him, he's the tech side of it. So even I yeah. sometimes I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, right. it's going to be like fourteen hundred dollars for what? You know, but I, there's less sticker shock with me because I expect right. everything to be at least a thousand dollars. And there's been times where he said, I have to buy X, Y, and Z. And I'll go, how much is that? And he'll be like, it's like four hundred. I'm like, oh, that's nothing. I mean, you yeah. know, because I'm expecting some 
really huge number and I realize that's still a lot, but it's right. usually so extreme that I'm like, only 400? Okay. Yeah, this business yeah. is so crazy because there's, you know, for indie filmmakers, especially ones making shorts, there's no revenue stream for that really. Mm-mm. But, you know, yeah. to get to a place where you can make the film by yourself is so... It's not as expensive as it used to be, obviously, but it's still right. very expensive, you know, when yeah. you're talking about equipment and time and, and all that stuff. It's it's yeah. very pricey. It's so pr- – I was shocked. I know when I, when I found – because I didn't want to direct myself in making the film, so I found a director. It was great. And she was like, we need like a 15-person crew. I'm like, wait, wait, why? What? <laughs> yeah. Why? But in the thick of it, I it, that's what we wound up having. Wow. And with the kids and the locations, and I mean, it – it ended up being, you know, a lot of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I we we did indie. I did Indiegogo first, mm-hmm. um, and raised a good amount, and then I did a Kickstarter for Post. Um, but it's it wound up being like nine thousand was our but was our budget mm-hmm. plus festivals. Yeah, which, which is could all be like another nine thousand. Another nine thousand exactly. <laughs> Which all came out of my own pocket. So, yeah. you know, you you put out so much of your own money as well. Um, How long did you shoot for? Four days. Wow. We had four days and we were All right, in, so you had a 15-person crew, four days, $9,000. That's not that bad. It's really not that bad. <laughs> That's really not bad. Um, yeah. Um and we I indie mean, filmmakers you know, are nothing if not frugal. <laughs> well, well, no, I'm doing the math, and I'm like, like now, yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. Like 15, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> right, right. And especially now, it's like, um, now it's, it's, there's so much I'm trying to learn myself to see, okay, is there a way that I can really dive in and take courses and learn how to edit? You know, is that possible? Is that something I can figure out how to do? You know, um, I mean, equipment, I mean, DP-wise, no. Uh, that's a whole nother world that I don't think I, I'd be able to dip into. But I'm trying to learn as much as I can. Yeah. Not to put all the work on my own shoulders, but, you know, just to be able to, to not outsource everything. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. And that's something in today's world we can... We, we do have the resources to be to be able to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he learned practically crazy, everything on tutorials. I mean, he went in. To, he, But it's a different type of learning. I don't learn that way. I need a person yeah. in front mm-hmm. of me so I can go, what yeah. the fuck is this? You know, right. like, I don't understand right. this. He just, you know, he just, he zones out and then he watches a bunch of tutorials and then he's like, okay, boom, got it. And then he goes from yeah. there. So it takes a certain type of person. But yeah, you don't have to be an amazing DP, but if you at least understand the bones of it, then yeah. you know what's happening. And you know if you're not getting something right, right? right. If somebody's saying, because, you know, this is something that's that's so frustrating to me, and I hate that people do this to people that are new, and that's why we started the podcast, was because we do a lot of this stuff ourselves, but also I talked to other actors that were starting, they, they wrote a film, they wanted, you know, and they had to take everything that was said to them at face value. Yeah. Right. So someone says, oh, no, no, this is how it's done. And I had a friend of mine that was getting so jerked around with her film. And then she was coming to me and I was like, that's bullshit. And she yeah. would say, they said this and that. That's bullshit. That's some right. film school shit that they're telling you yes. that they're trying to push off as like a professional way of doing things that is absolutely not the only way to do it. And they're jerking right. your drain. And she, it was so frustrating because I was like, why are they doing this? So it was basically people, their ego taking over, mm-hmm. trying to hijack and bleed into areas that they had no business being in. And right. that was very, very frustrating. Like your DP telling you what shots that you use and edit. No, the DP did yeah. their job. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You go over there now and then, you know, so, um, Th- that was just it. It was like, if I if I know what something should look like, I don't know how to get that look. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sure how to mm-hmm. like that scene or which lens I should use for that. But if I know that doesn't look good, then I can't get screwed around. But if you don't right. know any better, yeah. you're just well, throwing your money at somebody and going. And, and if they're, you know, you have a lot of people that come out of a film school and then say, like, I'm... T- I'm it and I can do it. And what do you know? You don't know how to make a film, right? So somebody tells you that they're the best at what they do and they graduated three weeks ago and they're (laughs) demanding money and, you know, a lot of money and then trying to take control. It's like, 
Right. I just feel like it's so important to know what you're doing, all aspects of what you're doing so that you can communicate with everybody and know if you're getting the, the best that you can get. Absolutely. Yeah, I had a little bit of that. Um, <laughs> but it, it got to the point um, at one point, I mean, I didn't fully understand what I was doing, but I did put my foot down Yeah, in a way. Yeah. You know, it's like, I am executive producing this. This is yeah. my baby. I right. created this. This is what I need. Done. You know, and, and I think... Because we tiptoe, you know, I, I, I was tiptoeing so much because I didn't know what I was doing, you know, and I was learning on the fly and, and trying to absorb as much as I can. But but at one, at some point you have to say, look, this is what I need. Who's going to do it? Right. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah. That just yeah. needs to happen. And, and we need to be able to give ourselves permission to do that, too, mm-hmm. even if we don't fully understand it. Get what you need. Yeah. Get but what you need. There's but also the to- temptation to not... I think like as a woman to be afraid to do that. Cause I know I got that once on my own set and I was like, is this really happening right now? Like, did yeah. I just get pushback from someone on my own set? Right. <laughs> like, and right. I just kind of like looked around and I, you know, it's like, I don't want to take this up right now. We're filming and like in this moment, but like afterwards I said to him, I was like, I asked for something and they looked to you for the confirmation. Mm-hmm. You don't have to look to him. This is what I want. We've talked yeah. about this already. He and I are in this together. So if I'm asking for it, just do it. You know, but it was yeah. so jarring in that moment to be like, did I just really get questioned on my own set? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's insane. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, we were, I didn't get any of that, which was good. I mean, we, I was very, um, I wanted an all-female crew. Um, I didn't, I didn't have the money to have that many principles. So it wound up, but we did have an all female team. So between me and my director, Maritza, and my co-producer, Kelly Remenek, um, we filled the crew with as many women as we could. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because we were telling a very female centric story. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was important to have as many women on set as possible. Um, and we did have men who were wonderful. Um, so it was a it was a really nice mix, yeah. Uh, but the leadership roles, like there were women there, uh, which I thought I really wanted for all the little girls on set. Oh, I wanted yeah. them to see it. Yeah. it was their first time on set; they'd never been on a real set before. So for them to see all of these women of power, um, I thought was very important as a teaching moment for sure yeah. uh, for my students. Yeah, you know? they're gonna go um, on another set and be like, "Wow, this is new! Look at all the testosterone!" Hey guys, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, wait. Walking, like, a lot of guys work in this industry, guys huh? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's cute. Uh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 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 such a. I don't know if double edged sword is the right kind of phrase for it, but it's like, you know, I mean, we see we see more women in, in roles, which is amazing, obviously, yeah. but th- at the same time, it's like if you're looking for the best sound person, mm-hmm. I just want the best sound person for my job. I don't care if it's a man yeah. or woman. Well, chances are it's going to be a man because they've always had those opportunities. Right. You know, so there's right. that thing of like, like, and it's also tricky, like, well, this is a woman and I want a woman on sex. I want more women on set, but it, they're not the best. Let's just say for argument's sake, they're not right. the best or have, don't have the most experience or whatever. So I'll bring them on. But then it, you know, are you then just saying like, you know what I mean? Like there's that balance of like, yeah, yeah. You, you, you don't want to, you don't want to give jobs to people just because you need to fill a quota. Right. That's, that's not what you want. Of course not. Nobody wants that. Um, but it is, it's, it's the idea of, you know, being, getting, let's say your SAG card. Can't get your SAG card unless you book a role, but you can't even get seen for something unless you're SAG. You know, it's, yeah. it's that. So the only way for, to really bring people up, you know, and to hire, you know, what you want is to give the people the opportunities. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it is, it's a catch 22. I mean, um, for us, it, it doesn't really matter because the uh, the level of what we can afford, there's not a lot of variance in that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like that's it doesn't matter, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the that's, stakes that's are I higher. Think. It's just when when I when I talk to to women that are uh, you know looking to to break into this that I've talked to, and I've said you you don't have 
the luxury of screwing up. Mm hmm. Yeah. Because if you fuck up, it's because, look, we gave, look, we tried, we gave it, we, we you know, right. we hired a female sound person and yep. look what happened, you know? So it's like, I, I often find that there's less women. And of course, there's always the exception. There's, there's people that are shit and everything. <laughs> like, of course. This is not a, <laughs> this is not exclusive to one sex. Uh, right. But I find that women that are within the business that, that work a lot, they tend to be really, really good. Yeah. Because they had to be. Mm. It's like for you to get that far, like it's almost like you you can question it less. If you're like, I, I know how much work this woman's done. She has to be good because she made it this far. There's no way she made yeah. it this far if she wasn't good. Yep. So, so true. you don't have that luxury. And so it 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 sucks. And then it's also kind of great because it's like, I know I'm going to do it's a really beautiful. good job. Yeah, it's yeah. it's sort of like a, it's like that yeah. double-edged sword there. But uh, yeah, it's it's tough because... I, and, then, and then I also don't want to be hired because you're filling a quota. Do you think mm -hmm. that I'm the right person for the job? Because right. if you don't, then when everything gets screwed up, it's because of me. So either way, right. I lose in that. You know, Either exactly. way, it's going to be my fault. So I want to know that you're confident in hiring me and that you actually want me yeah. here. Yeah. But I totally, I totally understand having a, a, a set that's he like heavily female. Mm -hmm. For me... It's part, you know, part of it's like, yay, you know, yay, yeah. yes. But mostly it's because I don't want to deal with the condescension. Right. Yeah. That's that's mainly yeah. why I would say I would like to have well females because it's a, like, you know, we, we've been in that boat. We, we kind of, in our last shoot, we were in a pickle. <laughs> and uh, our sound person the day before the shoot was like, can't do it, got in a car accident. And we were like, what? You know, like, so we were yeah. freaking out. And he gave us somebody that he recommended. He didn't even know the guy, but he was like, oh, I know he's, you know. So th this was a huge, like, what, yeah. what are we going to do? Either we have to cancel this entire shoot and we've lost everything, or we're just going to have to go with this person we don't know and trust it. And yeah. he certainly did his job, but there were moments. He's an older fella that I was like, Oh my God! Did she just get through this? <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was. Comments a, were made, and I was like, uh, "I'm going to walk out of the room right now. I'm going to uh -huh. walk out of the room right now because everybody's here, and yeah. I'm not going right. to fuck this up for everybody." But oh my God, uh -huh. never again. <laughs> like, yeah. And it wasn't like we were just, like we were living in our location, so yes. we were there. We couldn't escape it. Yeah. We were living twenty four seven, so it's just. But like, for us, oh. I think the what's you could be the most skilled at something, but if you're not going to jive with the crew. Like to Absolutely. me, that is that is so much more valuable than ta than talent or experience. You know what right. I mean? Um, it's so true. I mean, look at Olivia Wilde. She I was, was just gonna fired. say, yeah, <laughs> no asshole policy. Like yeah. I love that. I'm yeah. taking that too. I yeah. want that. Yeah, you know. And we were lucky. I mean, I I I wanted women more women on my set originally, and when I was looking at you know a female DP, female sound, I couldn't afford them, or they were so booked. Yeah. Like, this mm -hmm. is amazing, yeah. you know, but we ended up with people who like my DP, Caleb Weiss, I talk to him all the time now. Mm -hmm. I've recommended him for other jobs. Like we, he gelled so well with everyone yeah. and our sound guy, Phil Crawl, was fantastic. And he's an Iraqi war vet, you know, who now does sound. So it was just so amazing to meet him and work with him. And he was part of the design team post. And it was just like, I got so lucky, mm -hmm. so, so, so lucky. And the women on set, you know, I had some women doing things that they're like, well, I could do this and I could do this and I could do this. That's what I found is the women we had who were available could do 8 million things. Mm -hmm. They could go do grip if we needed or if we needed that or if we did that production design like they had their toes in everything yeah which felt like that's what you have to do yeah, yeah. we had some of our actors slating and and not because they were like i'll do whatever you want which they were but they had that shit on their resume like they literally learned how to do everything right yeah. you yeah. know and, and and they could go wherever we needed them to yeah um and that's you know it's welcome to be being a woman. Yeah. You have to be able to do it all, which is kind of amazing. And but you stick out too, time. right? When you're like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. She knows how to do more than just be a yeah, gaffer. Yeah, it's amazing it's like, that oh, they okay. can, but sad that they have to. Yes, yeah. yes. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yep, yep. It's beautiful. Well, and just meanwhile, really disappointing Michael Bay still making movies. So. <laughs> <But> whatever, <laughs> whatever. 
Yes. <laughs> what can you do? Yeah. What, what can, can you, you do? do? Yeah. So <laughs> are you um, are you working on anything else for this year? Are you have you written anything We're, else? Um, I have written a couple more things mm-hmm. um, uh, during COVID, um, but the one thing I was working on was the pitch for hashtag Princess Problems. Mm-hmm short form, long form, in person, you know, because the hope is to eventually get into the rooms. I mean, all the festivals were going to be used to be able to get into rooms because it serves as a proof of concept for the series. That's the goal, you know, so. Yeah. (laughs) But um, (laughs) but we're not done. Uh, A lot lot of the festivals we're in have, like, severely postponed. Um, Golden Door in Jersey City, I like, I don't even know when it's going to be um, sometime in the spring or summer. So they kept pushing it back. So I, we still are on the circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to go past the year mark for sure. Um, and I'm getting a couple distribution offers, which is nice. I mean, they're for small channels and things, but mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's navigating that to see with the festivals, are they going to be a little more lax on their, you know, you can't have a distribution deal if, if you're screening with us right. now because mm-hmm. of COVID, which I'm finding is the case. They're relaxing a little more into that. Um, so I, I, I did write a couple things. Um, I'm hoping being able to do more of it myself, learning. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to direct and then edit it as well after. So especially with the studio, I have more tools at my disposal now. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the skeleton crew, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to try and shoot it and, and get it out there. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. There's a couple different things I'm trying to, trying to do in the midst of all this. That's awesome. Yeah. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I love it. I just yeah, love it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I will not make another 19 minute short. It will be, <laughs> half that yeah. Uh, uh, for yeah. sure uh, that's funny how, our short how, was how 19 was minutes 19 was it 19 yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just under 20 minutes and it was originally was at like 30 a, uh, uh, yeah. a hindrance for festivals for sure it is Yes, it is. And I sure. was told it was going to be like yeah, that. Yeah, us too. Yeah. You know, I was told, well, we you it. know, the longer you are, there's only so many of you that can fit in a block. Right. Yep. It's like, yeah. yeah, but you know what? Every rule went out the door with COVID because yeah. either they accepted almost everyone because mm-hmm. it's virtual and they can, or they accepted a quarter of the submissions. Right. Yeah. So it didn't matter, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the film um, fests are so like, I, I have such a barely love hate relationship <laughs> with them because. You know, it's, it's just all arbitrary. It's 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 yeah. so there's so much politics and you really don't know who you can trust. And a lot of times you can. And we've seen it happen. Like we knew someone that started a fest and it started off real humble, like the first two years. And then all of a sudden they were too cool for school and then they got shut yeah. down. It, it was it was over because it was like you got greedy. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> you got yeah. too greedy too fast. And look what happened. But, you know, we've seen we've seen weird things because I've I've. I've looked into a fest when someone wins, for instance. Yeah. And I I start digging into that. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute. Like, first of all, they made this movie like five years ago. Mm-hmm. So why was this even in the fest? A right. B, it was produced by a studio and they had like a you know, two oh, yeah. million dollar budget. I love doing that. I love looking up the budgets of all of the short films at like Tribeca. Yeah. I love looking up who's on the team. And then you're like, oh, well. Yeah, well, right. I wasn't going to Come on. <laughs> yeah, some of them I was just like, this seems really, you know, especially I found the ones that that boasted the most about being four independent filmmakers. And I'm like, yeah, well, your winner had a huge budget. Yeah. And they already, they already made, like, one of them, they won for the, sh- the short, but that short had already been made into a feature. Oh, yeah, and right, then they right, went right, back yeah. several years later, pulled the short, and then put it in this year, right in the 2020. I was like, what is happening? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So much so that the movie that was made, the feature, we had reviewed on this show because we watched it. So wow. that was the irony. I was like, oh, my God. Remember that movie we watched? He's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, well, that's the person that won that film fest. Yeah. And I don't even understand how that's possible. Yeah, it's all, yeah. A, it's all a cool kids club anyway. I yeah. mean, and yeah. it's so arbitrary. You know, we have... You know, for for one festival to say we like your film so much, we're going to give it an award, and then for another festival to say uh, it's not even good enough for us to play it, 
It's like I know, right? right. And you're like, where did I did and it go wrong or go right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what did I do? Yeah, I look at the amount of festivals we've been in and and the award after like we've won a good like nine ten awards you know in some of these festivals some of them are decent festivals mm-hmm. and then I look at some of the ones I didn't get into and I'm like really yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, or what like, won that you're like what, what? Yeah. and even like local festivals that are around the corner and I put in my letterhead and everything I'm like yeah. really we didn't get in really yeah. You know, and I, you know, it is what it is. And then you see some of the ones you get into and the people that win and you're like, oh, they're all friends. They're yes. All friends. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Got yeah. it. Got it's it. All they were in the you last start, two You start festivals. reading it, yeah. you know, the, the post credit and yeah. you're like, yeah. I saw that name. Yeah. Yeah. In the exactly. booklet up front. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's true. I mean, it, I, it has, for my first festival, like this has been my first festival season, it's my first film, you know, so it's my first time. It's kind of a shame because this is the, this yeah, is welcome. the impression yeah. I have. Exactly. <laughs> welcome. Um, but before I even got into this, I, I read uh, Ed Burns' book, Independent Ed. I don't know. Did you guys read mm-hmm. that book? It's actually interesting. It's all about him making, starting out in indie film. Okay. And his first when he went to Tribeca, you know, with the brothers, um, Mc, McMillan, Mc, 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 Mc something, Mick Irish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that sounds and, about right. It sounds about right. Um, and just his advice on like how he did it and what, and he, I'm reading that. I'm like, Oh my God, they had like no money and they're doing this. And then they get, and they win Tribeca. Oh my God, this is it. It can be done. Yeah. Well, no, no, yeah. <laughs> not anymore. Like back then it did, but it's, it's, it's very insightful, uh, just reading his, his mindset mm-hmm. on indie film and, and, and the whole mantra of just get it done. Just yeah. do it. Yeah. Just do yeah, it. No matter how you have to just do it. Yeah. You know, yeah, I felt the same. That way. Still I, rings I, true. I had read Rob Rodriguez's book and it's the same thing, you know, where like, well, that world doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's still kind of interesting to see how he's just like, I'm going to do this. I don't care what I have to put myself up for medical tests or whatever he did and and, and all that sort of stuff. But now it's like. just going to shoot on the the street in New York. No permit. Just do it quickly. You know, like it it, it was all of that, which still does happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is is still something that we can do. Yeah. Um, But but I always think about those people and I'm like, man, they must like hate it now. And you can just go to Best Buy, get a camera and go make a movie for like. A couple hundred bucks. Yeah. 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 Take take your phone and do it. Yeah. 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 Look yeah. at Soderbergh. Yeah. It's true. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, uh, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see in like 10 years where oh, this all shit. goes because mm-hmm. there's just so much content, right? There's just so much. I mean, I always, I'm a firm believer in that if you're good, you'll get noticed eventually, you know? Yeah. Um, and even though there is just a sea maybe of maybe not to filmmaking. the level either. There's there's also that like you'll get noticed, but it may not be by a big studio. But right. you may you may have, you know, a, a small cult following that loves your videos on YouTube. And is that enough for you? Right. You know, because right. that's fulfilling in its own way, too. Yeah. You know, it's well, it's be, like yeah. we're big, you know, journeys, the destination sort of thing. So we yeah. don't you know, we're never approaching anything with any uh prerequisite of success you know so it's a matter yeah. of just it's a matter Which of like may making harm us. i don't know yeah. well, it, it, i honestly think it does but it's like because we just enjoy making the film and then once the film is done we hate it and we want to make the next thing we don't care you know yeah. we've always struggled like we say it all the time but we always struggle with like the whole selling ourselves thing because we feel fake and you know every artist feels that way right it's hard to if, right. whether you're an actor and a filmmaker to go in a room and be like i'm the best give me money for whatever right and um but it's yeah, it's 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 a what is it that's going to make you happy, you know? And there's certainly instances where there's films, there's feature films that we can watch on, you know, Netflix or whatever that maybe the director or the actor or whoever is not as quote unquote talented or experienced as 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 me or you or whoever. Yeah. But they got that deal, so it's it's yep. it's 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 it doesn't really mean anything. At the end of the day, you have to be happy just making what right. what you're making. And to us, for us, that's the problem is that we we love making it so much that we just want to make it. And then the business yeah. side and the 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 um, promotional side of it all kind of just kind of slips through. Should we promote sometimes. this film? Oh, we made it like seven months ago. I know. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
I I just did an interview the other day, uh, the other night over Zoom, and wait, you're talking to and, other people. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not this long. Okay, not this good. Long. Ew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I had to say, I'm. You know, it was late. I had a long day, and I had to like put a shirt on and makeup and yeah, yeah. do this, and it was. <laughs> I'm just dying to see my earlier interviews and what they've turned into, you know, from the start when I was like so excited to start. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm like, yeah, she, we did this. She's like, pulling yeah. a Cheeto yeah. out of her hair. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. You're like, it was fine. You know, yeah. <laughs> I just love to see how it's gone uh, promotional wise. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, it's, it's part of it. I yeah. mean, even they get the thing made. Sometimes you got to pitch yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. pitch I sometimes crew, feel too. like confidence trumps talent. Even yeah. I've seen yeah, yeah. people that I'm like, For, that wasn't I mean, really good, but you've that... seen them selling themselves, and you're like, damn, damn, yeah. <laughs> I think that's how they got in the. I think yeah. they're so good at doing it that they convince the people in the room that this was actually good. <laughs> right, yeah. right, like, and they're not buying necessarily buying into the film, the work. They're buying yeah. the person. They're mm-hmm. buying into it's that a lot. person. That's a lot of the business yeah for sure buying into the person i gotta like learn how to jack mcfarlane my way into a room and just like <laughs> <laughs> jazz hand the film oh, yeah. you know <laughs> it's gonna be fabulous we need like ten thousand know? dollars yeah like, yeah that's nothing but not in this too business. much Come on. because people don't like it too much yeah I, I remember when i was talking to somebody about um who had pitched and knew about it and was helping me with my pitch and and she was like, you need to have a pitch, a different pitch for each network. For this one, for this one, for this one, Oof, for this yeah. one. And you have to become basically a different person for each network for what they want, yeah. you know, while still retaining yourself so it looks authentic. No pressure. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Because yeah. what, you know, like what Comedy Central wants is so different from what Lifetime wants mm-hmm. or what Netflix wants versus what HBO wants. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, that's exhausting. Yeah. But and then and then and then with a lot of people I'd assume they get to that point and they're like, I don't even enjoy that. Yeah. And then that's yeah. that's then they're and out. And then ah, I'm, I'm over it. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people drop out for that reason. Yeah. But it's been nice to have quarantine, to have nothing else to do. Yeah. yeah. To, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. dive into all of that and figure that out. That's mm-hmm. I guess a good thing. I think we'll like, make it a good thing. Yeah. We'll figure yeah. it out. Silver lining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Fun times. (laughs) Well, so so you're you're waiting for distribution. So the the show's not available, or the the pitch for it's not available. Um, not right now. So so I don't. Yeah. So we can't see it right now. Um. Yet. Anyway. (laughs) I mean. Yeah. But well, there's um, there's a small part in your in your reel festivals. You do have like a but yeah. There's part. Oh yeah, I've seen and then the trailers up. Um and and there are festivals coming up that Mm -hmm. it is in. So there's still ways to see it for sure. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully sooner than later we'll be able to see. I, I yeah. There's a couple people I'm talking to and a couple festivals actually that are doing channels now. Okay, cool. Which is oh, okay. interesting. Yeah. Um, which is a new avenue for them as well. Got to adapt. So, yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. So, we'll have we'll have see. all the links um to Beely Productions anyway so you can see the trailer oh, right. and you can see everything and, you know, keep up. See where mm-hmm. this goes. Thank you. And when it gets yeah. picked stalk, up, stalk you can, them. Yeah, when it gets picked stalk. up, you can come back on, tell us how you did it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. show me what you did so I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shoulders back. You're not chipper enough. Damn it. No. <laughs> or or, or I, it won't happen for me and you'll have to tell me because I'm too chipper. That's yeah. thing too. You I need you to bring it want. down to my de- my depression level. Yeah. There we go. We're talking uh, to uh, some... like... Um, Need a little more Wednesday Adams out yeah. of me, please. <laughs> like, need that a little bit more morose. This yeah. is A24. This isn't Warner Brothers. Okay? <laughs> like, Amazing. Thank you so much I for being on. No, oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is so great. I was so excited when you approached me for this and then emailed me. Well, this you were is, adorable. I couldn't I love resist. It. <laughs> so you only brought her on because of her, uh, of her look? Not even because of well, the, the, the top quarter like, half of her look because I couldn't yeah, see the yeah, rest yeah. of her face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thanks so yeah. much for being on. We'll definitely be in Thank touch. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. Bye. 
So that was Brittany Lee Hamilton. Bailey. Bailey. Bailey um, Productions. You know how like you're not, you know, you're not, you're supposed to love all your children the same. Yeah. Like we love all our guests the same. We do. Yeah. But you know, like you, you sometimes you have a little bit more fun. Like one kid just gets you mm-hmm. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's kind of Brittany for me. Yeah. I, I, so there's a process here when we finish our interviews where we continue to kind of talk to our guests. Yeah. And we try not to talk too much before the interview because yeah, we want to. So that we can then, get all that but stuff. But then afterwards, we like to chat it up. Yeah, we like to chat it up. And so just BT dubs. Um, we continued to talk for another three hours. Yeah. <laughs> after, after the interview that you've just heard, we continued. To, we, there was like two more episodes got yeah. recorded practically if we had kept recording. We could have done like a live session of. We should have. Yeah. Um, but we're definitely, definitely going to have her on again because we we chatted a lot about the ins and outs of the business, and uh, it's really stuff that uh, she's that like we'd the like to nicest person. You. She's so cool. I just hope she wants to be our friend. I'm so glad she's not in LA though, because usually it's like we meet cool people. Like, well, I'm never going to hang out with yeah. you because you don't live anywhere near here, <laughs> like or Canada or something. But uh, yeah, so um, we may force her to be our new best friend. Yeah, she has no choice. Um, if you're listening, sorry, you're, you're <laughs> sorry, in. Sorry, Brittany, you're in. <laughs> um, yeah, lot lot of info, a lot, mm-hmm. lot of cool, cool, cool tips there that uh, that I think would be really useful to a lot of our, our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, so the uh, democracy took a shot <laughs> this past week. Yeah. Normally we would discuss that, but you know, we had a guest, so we were like, let's not let's not uh, rant and rave. But uh, shit's crazy, mm. and uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. We never know. Yeah. We just don't it's, know what's going to happen. It's very unstable. So, uh, yeah. But you know, hopefully we'll get through it. Come out the other side stronger. Oh no, man! You know People when you. You so go through there's a, rough a whole lot of wackadoos out there. Yeah, whole lot of wackadoos. Yeah. Um, we have uh, we have some guests lined up as promised. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you have a short film or a project or series, web series, anything that uh, you kind of want to talk about, let us see, let us know about, send that our way. Yeah, buddy. And uh, shout outs to MoGraph, MoGraph, MoGraph Podcast Network. Study Geek and Reality Bomb Comic Cast on up for debate. That's it. That's our show. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. It's a good guest. Yeah. A lot of info. I'm hungry because <laughs> it's well past lunch. It's almost dinner time for us because we're we're kind of like senior citizens. We eat dinner at like 530. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but whatever. Totally worth it because uh, she was a really cool guest. Yes. And uh, she's worth hunger. She's definitely worth the hunger. Okay. I could, I listen. I can stand some hunger. Yeah, well. <laughs> I could stand to be hungry for a little bit. It's gonna be. I'll be all right. Yeah. I'll be all right. But um, hopefully, the world does not explode. Yeah. Before our next episode, and and we'll we'll join you all here again next week. Not off to a good start, twenty twenty one. Come on, what was that that meme? Twenty twenty one set to twenty twenty. Like hold my beer. Yeah. Literally, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.